Today, we are having a mailbag podcast. I told you guys we're answering all of your guys' questions on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Stay tuned to see if your question gets answered today. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. You can also find our podcast on all podcast platforms. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Again, and also, we are over on YouTube at Locked On Pistons. I tell you guys this at the beginning of every episode. Please, if you want to find out the best way to support the podcast, just go over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. I'd really appreciate if we got there. So, again, if you want to find the best way to show support for the podcast and show support for what I do for the podcast, simply just go over to the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button, and I'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody, to everybody who already has done that. We really appreciate it. But on today's podcast, we are having a mailbag. I told you guys this a few days ago that we were answering all your guys' questions that we sent in. I took the most interesting questions and we turned them into topics for each segment. And then at the end of the podcast, we'll answer a bunch of the tinier ones that you know won't take as long of time to talk about. But for me to help me go through all of these, we have a special guest here today. Your guys' favorite guest. He's on here a lot. He hasn't been on actually, I believe, in like the past week, week and a half. But we are joined by Bryce Simon of Motor City Hoops. Uh, Bryce, how you doing, man? I'm good, Koo. It has been. It seems like it's been, you know, a week and a half, maybe two weeks. I, I've missed it. So I'm excited to talk some Pistons with you as we've seen quite a few games and got to see this team play. Yeah, I, I asked Bryce before we started the podcast what his fun factor was right now on, on watching the Pistons. And he said pretty much a 10. I was like, okay, well, you're having a lot more fun than I am right now watching them. But <laughs> hey, it's just, it's the highlight of my day when they get a play. I'm disappointed like tonight, whenever, or last night, I guess, whenever most people, whenever people listen to this last night, whenever they don't play, but we get a back to not, back Friday and Saturday night. So I'm excited, excited to watch them play. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess I'm excited too, to watch them play. I mean, I act like that. I just don't like watching them. I'm excited too. Uh, but let's go ahead and dive into you guys' questions. So like I said, we're picking the three most in, most interesting questions to us, and we're turning those into three segments for the podcast. Then at the end of the podcast, we will answer as many questions as possible in that time frame. So if you want to see if your question ends up getting answered in the podcast, stay tuned to the end of the podcast. But the first question that was asked was a comment underneath one of the YouTube videos. And again, the best way for me to see one of your guys' comments or questions probably is the YouTube uh, channel. I know under the Apple podcast, it takes a few days for the uh, for the review or question to come through. So it takes a while for me to see that. And also it can get lost a little bit on Twitter. Uh, I usually do a good job of collecting all those, but YouTube comments are probably the best way to get the question through. Uh, but this one is from Connor Crawford. I thought this one was a really good question. We're going to spend the first topic talking about this one or first segment. So he says, what is our biggest needs through 14 games this off season? A backup ball handler, a lob threat, 3 and D, is having Cade going to be enough to attract some high-level talent in free agency after just one year? So I'm going to give the floor to you, Bryce, on the first question. I'll take, I'll go first on the next one, but I'll give you the floor for this one. What, what, what do you think is the Pistons so far through 14 games? If we just cut it right here and you had to assume what the Pistons' biggest need is right now to go attack in the offseason, what would it be? 
Yeah, I think it's the lob threat. You know, that's what we talked about it all last off season and through 14 games. I think we've seen about it. We've seen that we needed that. We've talked about it. And I do believe now that we need to get into this topic as a whole coup, but part of the reason we don't see more pick and roll is I don't think we have a guy that's super successful in that role. So I wouldn't mind seeing a lob threat, a big that could catch those lobs, finish, give that uh, option for Killian and Cade, and then also protect the rim, grab rebounds, and those types of things on the defensive end. So if I had to choose right now that we were going to get like a really good big in the upcoming class, or my second one would be a scoring wing is the next thing I think we need. Um, So those would be my top two with a three and D guy being third. And I actually, I mean, I, I don't mean to, I don't want this to sound rude, but a uh, backup ball handler really isn't probably in my top five or six things. I think we have guys as, as options there and you could still stagger Killian and Cade. So that's probably a little bit lower on my list, but that big guy, that lob threat would definitely be my number one, I think. All right. So my number one answer is going to be kind of the same as yours, but I'm not even going to go all the way to lob threat. I'm going to say just simply a big guy. Cause right now I feel like the Pistons, even though they have Isaiah Stewart, I, I feel like they don't really have a big man presence. I feel like, Isaiah Stewart gives you that presence defensively, 100%. I feel like he's been pretty good defensively this year. I think he's taking steps forward in rim protection. Uh, There has been a few times recently that he struggled with foul trouble. He's taken some bad fouls, done some – I call them stupid fouls, some fouls that you just don't want to give. Uh, He'll foul someone out on the perimeter, get a ticky-tack call. He's struggling with that a little bit recently. But defensively, I feel like he's been – he's improved. And he, he definitely makes his presence known over there. Offensively, I really feel like the Pistons lack any kind of interior presence at all right now. Um, and I think that that has – it probably does have a little bit to do with why, like you said, they don't run pick and rolls. I still think they should try to find a way to run pick and rolls. I really do feel like Cade and Killian excelled the best in pick and roll, even though I guess there's probably a counter argument starting to become – or t- starting to be built with Killian that maybe he's pretty good off ball as well. Uh, we've seen him do pretty good catch and shooting wise, but I still feel like he's better with the ball in his hands in the pick and roll. Uh, and like you said, I feel like Isaiah Stewart. Look, I got hate yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, Bryce. I got a little I saw, bit. Of hate. I saw something. Yeah, <laughs> I got a little hate yesterday about criticizing Isaiah Stewart on this on one play. And I really wish I could bring up the play, but you know, copyright reasons. I can't. I can't really do that. But there was a play in the third quarter, I believe it was. Killian Hayes did a pick and roll with Isaiah Stewart at the top of the key. Killian Hayes was able to attract both the defenders. He can't really lob it up to Isaiah Stewart because he's not really a lob threat, but he hits him with like kind of an overhead chest pass kind of thing. Um, Isaiah Stewart catches the ball underneath the rim. And if you remember, or if, if you knew, like before he was drafted, one of his one of his downfalls and one of his worries was his straight up explosiveness, not like with a with a step to go or running or you know as he, he can build up a build up a. Um, a speed to get to his jump to straight up vertical off the ground, off a catch. And you saw it on, on display there. He had like a, the guard help from the corner and, but still it should have been a simple layup. Uh, he wasn't able to really finish it. He ended up kicking out to open Jeremy Grant corner three, but still you probably would like to have a big guy who's able to, you know, finish those kind of things underneath the rim. Um, and, and there's other times too, as well, where you'll see that Isaiah Stewart will get the ball under the rim instead of just immediately being able to go up for a layup. He kind of either one loses handle the ball a little bit or, you know, t- takes a while, tries to take a dribble into the opponent and then ends up having to kick out because he just can't get a shot off. So basically it doesn't even have – this is a long-winded answer, but it doesn't have to be a lob threat. It can simply just be a roll threat, someone who's able to finish around the rim, strong around the rim, someone who can get the ball up quickly. Uh, just, just any kind of offensive threat inside 
from the big man position. I think the Pistons desperately need that right now. That's not to say Isaiah Stewart won't get there. That's not to say Isaiah Stewart won't eventually become a better inside threat through pick and rolls. Maybe he does. But the question is, if you cut it off right now, and what's the biggest need for the Pistons? I think it 100% is a big man presence down low offensively. Yeah, and so you talked about that with Isaiah Stewart. I just dropped a breakdown with Detroit Bad Boys about um, – and I highlighted the very same thing. I did this – it was part of a bigger story in terms of momentum-changing plays, but it's the same thing where we dropped it off to him, and if he had that quick, like, burst and explosion, he could have got a dunk, and instead it got blocked by Miles Turner, and it went the other way. And I know Miles Turner is the best shot blocker or one of the best shot blockers in the league. I understand that. All I'm saying is it, it does show up if you watch a couple times a game where you think he should just be able to catch and go and finish, and then he's just a little slow with that just burst and, and just big-time explosiveness. I just – here's – to kind of cheat a little bit on this answer, I guess, I think we're going to eventually need both, Koo. Like, at the end of the day, I think the big guy that you're talking about, I think we would agree, like, maybe there's some nuances to what type of big guy, but I think we're going to need that, and then I think we're still going to need a big-time, just true wing bucket getter um, long-term. Like, if you paired those two types of guys with Cade Cunningham, Killian, Sadiq, Isaiah, you know, I don't know about Jeremy long-term, but I think that's whenever you really are going to have your core is whenever you still get or you get those two type of players to go along with Cade Cunningham. Yep. So there's our answers on that question. I hope we answered your question thoroughly. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll come back with another question. Uh, Which player, if you had to pick one of these three players, who will me and Bryce pick? And who do we think the Pistons would pick between Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, or Josh Jackson? I feel like we and Bryce talked about this a lot before the season, but I think our answers probably have possibly (laughs) changed now 14 games of the season. It's an interesting topic. So we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interception stone. All of our users that deposit and use our promo code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players in over, under, and their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the under, hopefully that you always take, the under on golf passing yardage, or for Bryce, since he's a Kansas City guy, you can take the over on pass, passing yardage for Patrick Mahomes and the under on, let's say, Killian Hayes points uh, that game. You can do both in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play. Entries can made, can be made in less than 60 seconds. It's really that easy. PriceFix is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well, so don't hesitate. Check out PriceFix.com, use promo code NBA, or go to your App Store and download the app today. PriceFix is daily fantasy made easy. So, Thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Also, we are available now on YouTube. I tell you guys this, it's going to continue to happen over and over and over again until we finally get to 1,000 subscribers. Simply, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to support me and the podcast is simply to go over to YouTube, hit that big red button that says subscribe over there. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. I believe we're at 550 right now. So we're making progress. We're getting there. We're going on our way. But If you haven't already, please go over there and hit the subscribe button. And thank you to all you guys who already have. But let's go ahead and dive into this next question, Bryce. So 
We teased it before the break. Let's repeat it for all you guys again. This question was asked by one of our own guys at Locked On, uh, Locked On Network. This one is Mavs Draft on Twitter. His name is Richard. He says, say the Pistons can only keep one of these three. Who do you choose, and who do you think the Pistons are going to choose if they have to pick one? Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, or Josh Jackson? So this is the thing, Bryce. So I know I, I, I gave you the, the, the floor of the first question. I, I'll start this next one. This one is actually really tough now. I feel like before the season, the answer for me probably would have been Hamadou Diallo. I feel like possibly I'm, I'm going I'm to take a guess at what yours would have been. You can tell me if I'm wrong when, when you come up. But I think yours might have been Frank Jackson. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of tough right now because I don't feel like – I feel like before the season, we were probably – I think it's fair to say – I mean, it's still early in the season. It's only been 14 games. But through 14 games, maybe all three of these guys didn't have nearly as much of an impact or future on the Pistons as maybe we thought they did. Maybe we overvalued that completely. So maybe these three guys simply don't even matter that much. I think we've seen that uh, that, that probably is very likely the case. At least I, I think it might be now. Um, but still, if I had to pick only one of these guys, if I had, if you, if you gave me these three and said, "Listen, two of these guys are gone tomorrow. You can only keep one." <sighs> I, th- I think. Oh God, dude, I, I, I'm scared to pick this answer because I feel like I'm going to regret it like tomorrow. Like my answer will change in like a week or so. But. You know, I, I, my answer would go ahead and be Hamdou Diallo. I'm still going to go with Diallo, and this is why. I feel like Josh Jackson, you kind of already know what his where, what player he is. I feel like you already know what he is. So I feel like if the Pistons were closer to winning maybe, and you, and you needed like someone of Josh's archetype, and you already knew what you like, you wanted to know what you're getting, then maybe Josh is the safe pick because you know what you're getting with Josh. You know what it is. You know what's going to happen. You know, you know what it's going to be about. So maybe then you would pick Josh. I don't think the Pistons are at that stage right now, so I think Josh gets wiped off the board because of that. Uh, even though we, we love him in Detroit, the Detroit guy, we love him, but I think that gets him off the board. I think it then comes down to Frank Jackson and Hamadou Diallo. And the thing is, I think the argument right now for Frank, at least this is my argument, uh, Bryce may disagree and bring a different argument, but my my argument for Frank would be, again, if the Pistons are, if their Pistons are worried about a fit right now and trying to, you know, we need shooting right now for this team, and, and that, having shooting will help develop the guys around. So we need Frank Jackson on the team because we're struggling that bad shooting-wise. Then they probably will pick Frank Jackson. I'm going with Hamadou Diallo because I still feel like he probably has the highest potential out of all these guys. He's still really young. Um, I, I feel like part of the reason why he's not playing is because him and Josh are just the same type of player, like James Edwards, uh, the third of the athletic set on last week's podcast. Um uh, they're just not going to play both those guys at the same time. So I feel like that might be some of the reason, obviously, behind why Diallo hasn't been playing uh, because Joss has been playing. But, again, I think Diallo has the highest potential. So where the Pistons are at right now in their restoration, I think you take the highest potential guy uh, and you you keep it going, especially because three, these three guys may not be as important to your future. I think you just take whoever gives you the biggest swing on, like, the home run. I think that's Diallo right now, even though – Again, like I said, all three of those guys I don't think are as important to the team as we we maybe thought before the season. Now I'll, I'll give it to you, Bryce. What, go ahead and tell me how wrong or right I am. No, I think you're pretty you're pretty close to what I would have said as well. Um, I think you're you bring up a good point that I don't know if any of those three guys are as big a future as what we thought. I think this what might have been a case of us overvaluing our own players. You know, you've talked about that multiple times, and you were kind of the first one that has caused me to try to self-reflect and be like, okay, is this guy as good as what I think he is? Um, 
I was actually going to pick Hami as well for the guy that I would keep for a lot of the same reasons you brought up. I don't think it would be JJ just because I do think, you know, um, what, what you're going to get with JJ, unless you wanted that, you know, you're going to get the good and bad with Josh Jackson. But since you said, Hami, I'll make the argument for Frank and that's the shooting. Okay. And also because I think the Pistons would actually choose Frank Jackson as well. He, out of those three, he's the only one that's consistently played in the rotation this year. You know, Hami obviously hasn't JJ just, I don't know if we want to say he lost his spot, but it looks like he may have lost his spot to Hami. So I actually think the Pistons would choose Frank Jackson out of these three. I still think Hami has the highest ceiling, but Frank has shot the ball a lot better lately. The last four games, I believe I just added up. He was nine out of 20. If you go beyond that, it's even still not that bad. So that shooting, especially when he's taking the correct shots, is still pretty good. So I would actually go Hami, but that's my case for Frank Jackson. All right, so let me just make sure I got the got, got your answer correctly here. So the dude that uh, Richard asked us, what who would we pick? So if you were picking, you'd pick Hamadou Diallo. But if uh, yes. you're if you're looking at from the – but then he also asked us, who do you think the Pistons would pick? And you said you believe the Pistons would pick Frank Jackson, correct? Yeah, so I would – I made the argument for Frank Jackson just for the sake of argument's sake. But So my actual answer would be Hami, but I my answer for the Pistons would be Frank Jackson. All right, so I think obviously I would pick Hamadou Diallo. I think the Pistons. I actually I don't know who the Pistons would pick. I don't think they'd pick Josh Jackson. I really think Josh Jackson just is like, I like Josh Jackson, but I feel like out of these three, I mean I don't know. I mean see the crazy thing is is that we say I feel like we've been saying this about Josh Jackson for months, but yet he gets spoken highly of almost every time Dwayne Casey gets interviewed. He was the only mainstay in the rotation. Even when Frank Jackson was struggling, Frank Jackson kind of lost some of his minutes. Josh has continually kept his minutes all the way up until his last game. So maybe the Pistons just think highly of Josh than we, more higher of Josh than we do. Because again, as much as we continue to toss him out the window, he continues to be the one that gets spoken highly of every time Dwayne Casey gets a chance. So maybe they do pick Josh. But I think they, I think it would come down between Hamadou Diallo and Frank Jackson. Um, I think they, I think Troy Reaver goes for Hamadou Diallo. I'm not gonna lie. I think Troy Reaver has that relationship with Diallo. Uh, they go back to OKC days. He's the one who drafted Diallo. Uh, when that flare up happened a few days ago, or a few games ago, with Hamadou Diallo on the bench, everyone knows Troy Reaver came down from his seat, pulled Hamadou Diallo to the locker room, and had like a talk with him, and then Diallo ended up playing the next two games. So, who knows? Uh, but I think. It's tough. I do think the Pistons probably would go with Hamadou Diallo because of the relationship there still, and maybe because Troy River is still higher on him than than what the rest of the league is. I just I don't think Richard's going to like our answer because uh, I have Richard over on the Motor City Hoops podcast every once in a while, and he wasn't near as high on Hamadou Diallo as what we are. So I'm very interested to see what Richard thinks about our answer. We're going to find out with Josh Jackson, though, Koo, because we have two games coming up. Tonight against the Warriors, tomorrow against the Lakers. Hami played with a lot of energy in his minutes. So does Josh get back into the rotation or does he not in these next couple games or over the next week? I think that's going to say a lot. And then also we have the trade deadline coming up. He's on an expiring contract. So we're going to find out this answer just a little bit because I feel like the Pistons have said themselves that Josh Jackson and Hamadou Diallo are a little bit redundant. So if they bring Josh Jackson back, if they don't trade him at the deadline and if they extend him or give him another contract, I think that would spell the end for Hamadou Diallo. So we're going to get an answer to this over 
the next few games a little bit with Josh Jackson, but even definitely by the end of this season. Well, Bryce just did a great job of teasing what our next segment is going to be. We were asked in the YouTube comments, will the Pistons be active around the trade deadline? We will answer those questions and, and give our hypotheticals when we come back from the ad break. But first, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors. It's your guys' favorite sponsor, Bill Farr. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and all the good treats, and there's plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bill Farr. Bill Farr is the new holiday dessert that everyone's going to love. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bill Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and with plenty of protein. We place a coconut cream pie with a coconut Bill Bar. A go for a raspberry Bill Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. It's low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high in protein. And it's also covered in 100% real chocolate that's soft and easy on the teeth to chew. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Bill Bar or two now. Share them at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward, I promise. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet, and it'll make things less awkward and will be able to actually have conversations. No surprises, all new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So go check the site often. And there's also nothing like a built bar Black Friday. Mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to built.com and use promo code LACK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And this will be now your guys' third reminder to go over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. We're at around 550 right now. Please, if you want to support the podcast and show support to what I'm doing with the podcast, the best way to do so is simply to go to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, But let's go ahead and get right back into the mailbag. So the third question that we are going to talk about, and then at the end, we'll try to fit in as many questions as possible that we've gotten from Twitter uh, and from everywhere, basically. Uh, But I really like this question we got. It was from Wes Holmes. He says, could the Pistons be active around the trade deadline? What realistic trade would you like to see? Um, I think the second question is probably a little bit harder to answer uh, because we don't really know who's on the who's on the Pistons' radar, what could possibly be available, et cetera. But let's just stick to the first question, Bryce. Do you think the Pistons are going to be active around the trade deadline this year? Um, I, I would say no, but I, are we really going to put anything past Troy Weaver? Like, I feel like he's you know continuously surprises us every offseason, every trade deadline. And so I wouldn't be surprised. I still think the one guy, the one name to keep an eye on, obviously, we just talked about it, was Josh Jackson. My biggest thing with this question is, if we're going to make a move, I want it to be for a quote-unquote big fish. Like, I want it to be a dude that's going to be a number one, number two, not a number one probably, but like a number two, number three option. Like, I've appreciated what he's done with some of these guys like Hami and Josh and Frank and those guys, I understand it. I get it. Even the signing of Kelly Olenek. But it, I kind of want to see. I'm ready for the next big move. And if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with that. Maybe it's going to be in the draft. But if there is a trade, I would rather it be for something like that. Like a guy who we really think is going to be that future you know, big man that we talked about earlier in the episode. Or that 20-point-a-game wing that I think that this team really needs. So if something does happen, I hope it's something kind of, I guess, quote-unquote, big not just kind of a peripheral move. 
All right, so I think all the listeners are probably wondering, just ask about this. You have to talk about this. I'll just at, ask you this simple yes or no, and then I'll give my answer. Marvin Bagley. No, nah, like I'm – no, I'm okay. Like that's what I'm talking about is I, he doesn't move the needle at that level for me. And so – and maybe I don't know enough about Marvin Bagley to be excited, but like it would be fine, but I wouldn't be overly excited about it, no. All right, so do I think the Pistons will be active at the trade deadline? I do not expect them to be uh, active at the trade deadline. I think they might make a move or two, possibly. Uh, like you said, I think Josh Jackson, like like you've been pointing out, is the main guy to watch. Again, he's redundant with Hamdou Diallo. Those guys have been battling for minutes. Uh, you kind of know what you have with Josh or Reaver. You assume uh, Hamdou Diallo is one of his guys, even though Josh kind of is one of his guys. He signed him in his first offseason. So, uh, but I think Josh's him being on an expiring contract obviously makes him an interesting piece to watch moving forward. I also think Corey Joseph may be an interesting piece to watch, possibly getting moved at the deadline. Um, but I, I don't know if I think that they're going to be extremely active. I think they might make a move, uh, but I, I feel like that the Pistons are pretty much close. I think they might make a move for a center in the meantime, while Kelly Olynyk's gone, if it continues to be this big of a struggle. Uh, do I think they'll go out there Marvin Bagley? I know a lot of you guys are wondering Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley. He's been in the Pistons rumors. Um, I can I can say that the Pistons are interested in Marvin Bagley, have a level of interest in him, um, but do I think they're actually going to pursue him? My guess is going to be no. I don't think they do. Um, but I, to answer your question, I don't think they're going to be that active. I think they might make a move, possibly, but I wouldn't be shocked if they just stay still. So you alluded to this, coup, like, we don't really know who's on the trade block yet, right? I mean, other than maybe Ben Simmons. But yeah. we're not close enough to the trade deadline. You know, we haven't seen enough of, you know, teams that are going to be in the hunt, teams that aren't going to be in the hunt, who are going to kind of punt on the season. Are there any names? Like, I'm just trying to make a list here. Like, the Pelicans are having an awful season. So, like, you know, Zion's a name that gets thrown around. You know, Carl Anthony Towns with Minnesota, Ben Simmons. Like, I'm just trying to think of names, possible names of guys that may end up there. I'm not even saying we have the ammo to go get them. I'm not even sure, you know, like Zion with the injury stuff, you know, Simmons has his own baggage. You know, if those are guys, you know, what you would do, but is there a name from those guys from one of these teams that may be in the market that you can think of? Those are the only three as I look through the standings that I can think of. And again, I'm not sure the Pistons have the ammo to make it happen. Well, I think something that we, I really want to hit on that you, you kind of brought up just now, and then we'll move on to the next question, but you brought up a you brought up an interesting point that you want the next move to be like kind of a bigger move. And I feel like me and you talked about in the offseason that Troy River is starting to stack this treasure chest of like assets so in like a year or two or two years from now, he can try and make that big swing. I think something, and to answer your question, I don't really have a name in mind right now, but I think another way to go with this is, and this I guess might be, it, it might actually be one of the reasons why I've been so critical and so annoyed with the beginning of the season somewhat, because those assets that we were talking about in the offseason that were in this treasure chest and, and trying to build up, I feel like a lot of those assets have went down. Like, I don't feel like a lot of them have really kept that same value that we thought they were going to have, at least do 14 games. Like, I think it's fair to say, like, I've seen people talk about Sadiq Bay nationally outside of Detroit on the Locked On Network, everywhere else, and they all say he's struggling this season. He doesn't look as good. So, he, he I mean, and if you want to be just objective, he isn't. He, if we're just being objective, he isn't shooting as good as he did last year. He's trying to develop other things in his game. Yes, there, there's a reason for it. But overall, he just, he hasn't been as good as last year. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, he's not showing the kind of improvements I feel like that people were really looking forward to. 
Um, Killian Hayes is still a major question mark, no matter how much I like the improvements from beyond the arc. Um, so a lot of the Pistons' little treasure chest guys, Hamadou Diallo, a guy who was just out the rotation completely. Like I feel like a lot of these treasure chest assets that we've been talking about, their 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 value has completely like went down a little bit. So I don't think the Pistons, could, even if they wanted to make that kind of move this year, I, I don't feel like their assets, their or quote unquote assets, have really presented themselves as assets to be presented in a trade. So I think that might have something to do with it too, if the Pistons wanted to get involved in a trade. Um, yeah, I agree. I think what sorry, and I know we got to move on to the other questions real quick. So last thing for me. But, you know, I think that's why the draft again, you know, and, and hopefully we don't end up. Well, hopefully we do end up with the number one pick because I guess we're going to end up in the lottery. And that just means we hit the lottery big, um, but hopefully not with like the worst record or second worst record again. But or possibly free agency. Right. Like that's the the other thing that could possibly come. So I, I agree with you that some of those assets values have definitely dropped a little bit. All right. So now we're going to go with what, what does ESPN and all these other places be calling the. The, the speed take ones when you get like 60 <laughs> seconds you go you go go i forget what I've, it is, I've been watched, I, I only listen to podcasts locked on detroit bad <laughs> boys enough. bunny like that i'm there i haven't watched espn in a minute all right so we're going to go ahead and put the shot clock up shot clock up uh bryce and we're going to go through all these questions as fast as possible so we're okay. going to try we're look, sitting here looking at 29 minutes let's try to see if we can get these questions in in under three minutes so are you ready yep all right let's get it going so First question, I'm going to start the timer, see if we can get it in. First question, what is your biggest negative take of the season? Shooting. Obviously, I think shooting is very clearly the biggest negative of the season, by far. They're the worst shooting team in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) It goes back historically at this point right now, too. Um, It's going to get better. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, Can Bagley actually help us, or is it a reach considering his current circumstances? I, I think he would play. I think he would benefit us. You know, even though I said no, I think he'd benefit the team right now. Uh, I think I think I don't know if he would help us presently. It depends how he obviously he'd play once he got here. But I think he would be. I think he's the type of player that you go after uh, when you're the Pistons. You go on a guy who who has high potential. You assume and is struggling to do what he's you know living up to that potential. He's looking for a change of scenery. He's the type of guy you go after, especially if you don't start him 40 games, his salary gets cut in half. So I wouldn't have a problem with going after him. Uh, next one. Will the Pistons score in single digits this season in a quarter? No, but it's <laughs> it's sad that I had to think about it because we had a 12-point first quarter against the Kings. Yep. Um, I'm going to say yes. I think it happened. Cool, that's how bad. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think it might happen. That's how, that's how bad the shooting is. That's how bad the offense has been. Kate I think Cunningham it plays in every quarter. Oh, he plays. fair enough. You know what? When Cade, he plays. Cade, Cade might keep us above 10 at all times. But if Cade ends up missing any games moving forward, I think it could happen. Four um, and five with Cade in the lineup, right? Yep, three and two the last five games with them. Looking good. Uh, next one. Uh, this one's from Michael Dampier. He says, I know it's speculative, but which players would you want to subtract and which ones would you like to add for next season? So since we kind of already talked about the adding, which players, if you had to pick one player, uh, not Josh, if you had to take one or uh, take one player off Bryce, I was already thinking about who I was going to answer. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, you, if you had to take one player off the roster going into the next season, who is it going to be? Oh, I don't like this question. Not because like, <laughs> I just don't want to, I just don't want to have to take a guy off the roster. Um, you, you, you go ahead. Let me think about it for a second. I think my answer is either Corey Joseph or Josh Jackson. Yeah. Corey Joseph was good last night though, or on Wednesday night. It, it's probably Corey. Cause I do want to see Saban Lee get minutes. 
Fair enough. So you're going with Corey? Yeah, I guess. All right, fair enough. Let's go ahead and get some more questions in from Twitter. I know I answered a lot from YouTube. Uh, next one. If you could go back. Oh, I, I hated this question, by the way. You know who you are that asked it. I absolutely hated this question. I'm mad at you for asking us. This. I want to know but who it if, was. Can, are you going to tell me off air? Yeah, I'll tell you off air. It says, okay. if you could go back in time, would you draft Tyrese Halliburton over Killian? No, I don't. I I don't know why this. Con- I mean, yes, uh, probably right because he's he's better, yeah. right? He's better. So yes, but I don't. This is going to sound so. I'm so tired of this conversation, though. Like I understand why people want Halliburton. But, like, let's just see what Killian really turns into. And I think it's still going to be a really solid NBA player. So was it a miss? Maybe. Okay, fine. But, like, that doesn't mean we have to bash Killian. But, yes, so Halliburton's probably going to be better. I'm going to go ahead and say I continue to be in the camp that says no. I'm going to shout it from the rooftop. <laughs> I'm still saying no. Killian was always billed to be the guy that, with the higher ceiling that you waited on. He was never supposed to be the guy that came right out and looked like a star or whatever. Um, still, I don't think anyone expected him to look as bad as he did when he first started playing. But right now, you're seeing him turn a corner. You're seeing him figure out how to be impactful on the court. And he's only 37 games into his career. We still have a long way to go, I believe, until you can figure out if he was the right pick or not. You have to at least give him two more years, I feel like, uh, because he was that type of player. So Halliburton, better player right now, obviously, but I'm still, I'm still rocking with Killian. Real quick, I think we're finally starting to turn a corner with Killian, and people are starting to see the comps of the type of player he could become, and I think that's going to be really good for the positivity around him from the fan base. Yep, we'll see if that continues. Uh, next one, if Troy were to fire Coach Casey, who would you want to replace him? Do you have anyone in mind? Jawan Howard, right? I know he just got uh, yeah, the extension. Uh, yeah, I know go. he just yep. got the extension. Next. So, and and Michigan fans are going to be pissed for that answer. But I mean, to me, it just makes too much sense, or made too much sense. Um, so probably not going to happen. But that's who I'd want. Yeah, he was my answer as well. That's an easy one. Um, next one. Assuming everyone is healthy, what is your best Pistons lineup combination? Go. Cade, Killian, Bay, Grant, and Olenek. I still think that's the best lineup if he's I healthy. Mean, me and you agree on that one as well. Um, after finally watching K play for a stretch of 10 games or so, what do you now see his ceiling and floor being as an NBA player? So don't you don't need to answer both. What do you think his ceiling is? Really good. Like, I'm not talking about, like, generational LeBron James, Giannis, or whatever, but, like, Kate is going to be really good. He, he's going to be an all-NBA type player because he's not even making shots consistently right now, Koo, and he looks really good, and the clutch gene is real. Yep, all NBA type player. That's what my answer is as well. Agreed. All right, so we'll move over to the final questions from YouTube. We're going to only answer like two or three of them because we're already running longer and my bosses are going to kill me. Sorry. Uh, next one. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right, let's see where the next one is. Um, Okay, who is a good player comp for what K Cunningham will look like in five years? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I keep seeing like Jason Tatum, Devin Booker type stuff. Um, I, I can see that. Uh, a little bit, I guess, because those guys aren't just the boom athletes like some other guys. So um, I guess those are probably the best ones. Mine would be a mixture of Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic, but like a okay. lesser version of them. Not like not like the, the greatest player of all time, if you combine them kind of thing. But like like if you took the lesser version of both those guys combined, I feel like that would be who Kay Cunningham is. Um, let's see if we have one more. Um, this would be the last one that we answer right here. And so if you want to take a little bit extra time, you can. Uh, but where would you rank Stewart amongst starting centers in the NBA as far as difficulty to defend in the pick and roll? Defending him as a pick and roller? 
That's why I'm going to assume that he was asking yes. That's why I read it as. Okay, so I, I've admitted this on my own podcast. Like, I don't get a lot of time to watch other NBA games a whole lot because I'm so focused on the Pistons. So I, my general NBA knowledge is kind of just the base. So I don't have like a lot of great insight into this, but I would assume he ranks very, very low. Like I assume there's a like even a guy like Rudy Gobert, who's a defensive guy, quote unquote, is at least a huge radius to throw a lob to and has that gravity as a lob threat. So I would assume Isaiah Stewart is very low because he's not a great passer. He doesn't pick and pop and he's not a lob threat. So, I mean, I would say the bottom five, right? I, yeah, I was going to go bottom eight in the NBA that, that somewhere around there. Uh, I don't have. I'm not. I wouldn't be able to go act like I'm an expert on all the teams in the league. But if I had to just go off the dome, I would say like bomb mate probably. Um, but there you go. We answered as many questions as possible. We took up 37 minutes, Bryce. We did not get all those questions in three minutes. We failed. Uh, but we got them in about six or seven minutes. But thank you for joining the podcast, man. Let everybody know where they can find you, your podcast, and all your work. Yeah, just check out Motor City Hoops, follow on Twitter, follow the podcast um, as part of the Detroit Bad Boys podcast feed now, and then putting out articles over there. Go check those out as well. And as always, Koo, you're the man. I appreciate it. You're doing big things. I'm so proud of you. Excited to see your growth. Thanks, man. I, re- I really appreciate it. appreciate to hear that, man. Make sure you guys go check out Bryce and follow all his stuff, man. He does a great job. I told you guys many times, does a great job with the film breakdowns. I really like what he's doing over there at Detroit Bad Boys. It's, it's some good stuff. So make sure you guys all go check that out. Again, thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your guys' first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Go over to YouTube at that subscribe button. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. I'd really appreciate it. Make sure you make your second listen today. Go listen to Bryce's podcast, Motor City Hoops. Go check it out. Um, and then also, before we wrap up the podcast, I got to tell you guys, make sure you guys go check on Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Make sure you guys go check that out. But that's it for this week. I'm going to have, hopefully, a fun time watching the Pistons this weekend. Bryce, it sounds like he's going to have a little bit more fun time watching than I do. (laughs) Hopefully, they make more shots. Hopefully, they can hit more than 28% of their threes. But we'll see. We'll have all that on Monday when we come back. But until then, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.